We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to Moose and Roots Podcast. This is episode 148 of the pod. Matt, I'm just going to be completely frank with you right now. My name's Matt. The sun is shining. What did I say? You said Frank. I said Matt, let me be frank with <laughs> Get you. it? Get it? I'm funny. I, I'll hang up the phone right now. <laughs> you won't. You, I was just, you have I was Well, I was just about to make the point. The sun is shining. Uh, it's about 60 degrees here in Stamford, Connecticut. The pins are up Ooh. and the course is still open. So only thing standing between me and a tea time is me. Is the Moose and Runes podcast. But you know, I do it for the people. Yeah, 100% people. This is the listeners. This is for you, not me. This is, this is not for Matt. This is not for my own good. This is for you. And, uh, and you need to understand that. I I get it. I get it. You need to understand that. That's fair. I respect that. Uh, we have a bevy of topics today, including some mailbag action. You guys have come through on that front once again. We love the mailbag, so continue to do so at Moose and Runes on Twitter. But Matt, as we always open this thing up, day question mark of quarantine. How are we doing? Uh, you know, we're we're getting getting better. I think we got. I found a nice mm-hmm. little balance. You know, we I think you get a little bit more used to the whole thing. I mean, you've obviously been. Uh, in and out Nothing's of changed. work, actually, so nothing will <laughs> change for you. Um, Workflow is getting a little bit easier. I find a, found a nice balance of spending, you know, about half the week at my apartment, and then the other half going up to the lake house and being with the family. So, have a nice little balance, have a nice little routine, makes things a little bit easier. Obviously, the uncertainty is is never fun because you never know how long we're doing this for. Um, but at least finding the balance, finding the routine, uh, has been nice. I would say. Have you have you put any pants on, like non sweatpants? Oh God, no. Have, what was the last time you? What was the last time you wore a belt? I guess would be my question. Uh, Hannah's birthday was uh, March fifteenth. We had a party for. <laughs> so we're, we're we're beltless going on about a, about two and a half, almost. I mean, two weeks and some change here. Why would I put a belt on at this point? You know, just for yourself. You know, make yourself feel like feel like hey, what? Oh, hey, cool! I put pants on. I'm going to go sit on a different part of the couch. Something to get up and something to get up and get after. You know, that's that's. Sometimes I, you, got, you got to trick the brain a little bit here. I've gotten a good amount of work done with just sweatpants and a hoodie on, Joe. I'm doing, I'm doing, doing just fine over here. I'm not putting on pants until I absolutely have to. That's the uh, that's, that's the, the Matt, Matt Rooney, Rooney way. It's the Matt Rooney home game uniform right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweatpants and a hoodie. House slippers. Hoodie. Can't uh, can't be mad at that. We will get to matters. Are you a house slippers guy? Later on in the pod, um, I am not a house slipper guy. I, I've I, had a couple pairs in the past, like. Uh, I used to have, you know, the those fluffy UGG slippers everyone yeah. had, like the mm-hmm. leather UGG slipper. Yeah. Too hot, too warm. See, I like, just got I, the really I, light ones. I've, I've lived in apartments for the last eight years. Where am I going? Like, I, I, uh, a pair of socks, a pair of sandals if you got to go out quick or you're putting shoes on to leave the house. I never was one until I lived in the uh, fantastic fraternity house of Sigma Chi, and then mm-hmm. you, which, which you couldn't really uh, walk around without some sort of covering on your feet for several different reasons and i just kind of got into them then and then i moved I into an a off-camp- flip-flop guy i moved into an off-campus house i didn't really i, I was i was between slippers and flip-flops but i moved to an off-campus house didn't always want to be wearing flip-flops around the house but the floors were still kind of dirty here and there didn't want the the black feet so i was wearing wearing slippers and i just i kind of got into them i like the feel of them around the house 
Do you go full slipper? Is it more of like a flip flop? Oh no, slipper? it's it's a, it's just the, the the quick slip on like the. I mean, they're yeah. the, they're the cheap white you know hotel you could, slippers, pretty much. You could put slipper in the robe category for me. Love them, love the idea of them, love a good pair of them. No real use for them for me. I just, they just don't get the utilization uh, that I think that I think other um, more well utilized in home, like a good, like not to go back to the hoodie, but a good hoodie. You just throw a little, throw a good hoodie on in the house. Like mm-hmm. that's my, that's my robe. That's um, fair. Oh or, yeah. That's all. And, I've and, never had a robe. And my slipper, I'm, I'm a big wool sock guy. I feel like I've brought that up here before. Um, that love a good pair of wool socks well into like the 60 degree, 70 degree weather in house. That's my slippers. And nice wool sock. What, what I like about the slipper over the sock though, is you still get a little freedom kind of with the toes there. It, when, you, when you got the, the sock on, it feels sometimes it could be a little bit tight, a little constricting on the toes. You don't have much wiggle room, literally. Now with the slipper, I got a little bit more freedom to kind of move about a little bit, less less sweat. You feel constricted. You feel constricted in the sock. Like I do. Feel, I, I like to, yeah. all the all the toe uh, all the toe accomplishments that you that you exactly. really need to get to. I yeah. need more toe freedom. Well, if that's any indication of where we're at right now, um, hey, um, we we killed five minutes talking about in terms slippers. in terms of a uh, sporting landscape or just mental uh, approach to things here. We're we're doing a good job of keeping ourselves. I think everybody, this goes for everyone. We're doing a good job of keeping ourselves entertained. Um, you got to adapt. You got to you got to really allow yourself to go different places mentally hopefully those are positive places so we are thinking of all those who are struggling with the new norm here it sounds mm-hmm. like it's going to be another month until we get a little bit of a normalcy back perhaps but uh we trudge on no less to try and give you a little glimpse of normalcy here on the Moose and runes podcast uh nfl news continues to lead the way here and kind of fill the void obviously nothing really on field there's been a couple more little ancillary uh, free agent signings, but we won't want to talk um, the CBA that got pushed through a year early, or at least a portion of the CBA. Mm-hmm. The NFL playoffs will be expanded to 14 teams, uh, further bolstering, bolstering excuse me, wild card weekend. Uh, that'll go into effect immediately this season in 2020. Matt, your thoughts on this? 14 teams in the NFL playoffs, does it devalue a trip to the playoffs? Is it making for a more exciting wildcard weekend? Is this fixing something that isn't broke? Your general feeling? I mean, if they were to never address the playoff situation, it were to be six teams from, from here on out, and it would be never something they'd ever talk about. I'd have been fine with it. I never would have had a problem with it. Never would have said change it. But now that they are adding a team to it, I do think all it does is just make things all the more exciting down the stretch and then kind of into the playoffs too because, like you said, it gives us an extra game. And then in terms of the regular season, it gives the one seed even more meaning. I mean, everybody always wanted home field advantage, but a lot of times if, if, if a team was locked into the two seed, You'd mm-hmm. see them rest the starters a little bit, something like that. Now there's a little bit more incentive to actually not have to play an extra game. And it makes the in the hunt, the wild card race, even that much more exciting too. I mean, this year, watching it down to the stretch, there were three, four teams compete, or I'm sorry, three teams got missed out, two more that got it. So five teams competing for two spots. You add one more team to that. Um, I just, I, I think it makes everything more exciting without adding too many new spots or devaluing it too much because it is just one team per side. My only issue in this whole thing is, and I agree with everything that you just said, Matt, because it's more football, it's more better. Like you can't, you can't argue with this. I mm-hmm. think it is in a way f- 
trying to fix an unbroken system. Uh, playoffs have been great the way that it is. The only thing I don't want to see is too many sub 500 teams with hope. You know, if you're if you're not 500 mm-hmm. or better, I, I don't believe you deserve a trip to the playoffs. And I don't think there'll be sub 500 teams getting into the playoffs just with the way that everything is um, constructed. But there's going to always be that second place NFC East team that's six and eight with two weeks to play and still has hope. And that doesn't feel right to me. I don't want, I don't want to devalue a trip to the playoffs. Don't devalue the t-shirts and hats is I think how I would say it here. Does this give the bears a better chance of making the playoffs on a year to year basis? Because we hover around that 500 mark. It seems like eternally. Yes. So all good things there, but I don't want to see bad football teams in the playoffs. That's my only. That's my only thing here. Yeah, that's a fair point. But still, if you look at it, like the the, the next team in that would have been this uh, the next team in this year would have been a nine and seven Rams team. Yes. I, I would bet if you look back in years past, obviously there will be the outliers where you know it's just a bad or, or I guess um, middling NFC. But there's whatever, always going to be one seven or two heavier stack divisions. Yeah. Wait, but yeah. I, I just I feel like in the past we've had years where seven and nine teams. I think the actually the Marshawn Lynch run year, the Seahawks slipped in as a seven and nine team. You've always seen those teams still kind of in the hunt down the stretch. I mean, that you've seen yeah. the six and eight team that's you know has to win out to have any chance. I, I don't think it's going to tweak that really all that much because you know nine times out of ten the the one team the the seventh seed here is always finishing nine and seven, eight and eight. Hell, sometimes even ten and six. So I think yeah. at the very least, you're still going to see some as, as often as you see a seven and nine team get in or, you know, a six and eight team with two weeks to play compete. You're going to see one other team. You're going to see another 10 win football team get into. So I think it's going to be a little bit of give and take with that. And again, not to play devil's advocate here. That's what we do. It's a podcast. I, I love I love the direction that it's going. It can't go any further. Like I've always said, you can't have half of the NFL. Oh, I agree. This is it. And there has been in the past. If you look at the CBA prior to this one, I believe there was a 16-team playoffs in the late 90s uh, for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it got as high as 16 at one point. So I, I don't want it to go back that direction. I would agree with um, that completely. I also think that you know it, it is a business, and the owner's bottom line has to look right, and this is another game uh, for 14 teams to get door revenue and all the things that go along with it and all the ways that they make their money, all good and well. I, I just wish that that was enough. I, I, I'm still, not to pivot here, but I'm still mm-hmm. not convinced on an extra regular season game. Like, uh, Bro, does I, I would get, agree with that. It does get to a point where, and I'm not saying it's too much football in terms of the consumer, it's too much football in terms of the athlete. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, make your make your roster a 60-man active roster. You're still going to have depth issues if you're playing 17 weeks plus you're one of the wild card teams through the Super Bowl. Like that's that's way too much football for how violent a game it is right now for your starters to be playing that much football. You're going to see a lot of backups and therefore the game quality drops off because of attrition. Like I I, I think that I think that 14 is going to work. I think that 17 isn't in terms of a schedule. There's got to be some there's got to be some give and take and it looks like just take right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm don't get why. I mean, I get why the owners wanted to do it. And I, I, I don't get why the players wanted to vote on adding an extreme. Yeah. Did they official or 
did they say what uh, I'm guessing they have to expand rosters if they're adding a game, right? Uh, yes, I believe ros- rosters are not mistaken are expanding to 56. Okay. That's so, I mean, like, I guess I'm like that's 30% sure of that number, but I, I'm almost positive it's shy of 60. Okay. So uh, it, it adds them close to 90 new jobs, a little more than 90 new jobs yeah. per, you know, for the league. I, I guess I get that from the players. Great, but those 90 yeah. guys, those 90 guys weren't going to be in the exactly. league, first of all. So if they're on the field, you've got to, You've got a quality. Oh no, issue. That, You've got that, a product I, issue. I'm not. I'm not, ar- I'm not arguing with that. And, yeah. with that at all whatsoever. And I think the league has made such great strides, or at least put on the image of making such great strides. You know, the last five years, especially to make the game as safe as possible. We're learning about concussions. We're learning about you know head trauma, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Make it as safe as possible. You know, make it as is friendly for the players as they possibly can. And then they go and add another. You know full 60 minutes of incredibly violent football that we're just going, you know, that, that's, it's another reason to put the players in harm's way when you've done a great job of taking them out of it. Uh, I just, and I, like you said, the only benefit is the owners get more money out of this. There's no, no one really benefits anymore from this. I, I don't see how this is such a worthwhile venture to add another full game. When, like you said, you're going to see more backups. You're going to see more injuries. You're going to be putting players more in harm's way just for one more game. I I, I don't really understand it. I'm not even strictly talking about head trauma because no, I'm not either, but that's, that's, that's those like are just I'm talking this, high ankle sprains. I know, I'm, I'm talking just, knees. What I'm, I'm saying ribs I'm, is, yeah. is just more of these strides. The NFL more has taken the last yeah. year. Like they've made it, they've tried to put the, on the front that they are, you know, in front of this, yeah. we're trying to make players, player safety, a top priority. And obviously at the forefront of player safety. And, and don't give me, trauma. and don't give me the, it gives fans an opportunity to come see the games that maybe couldn't prior because there's another regular season. game. Yeah, no. no, it costs, because you just cost them a preseason average, game, it costs which honestly, average, preseason yeah, games was, are the best chances for fans to you know fans who can't really go see it that often, or you know for yeah. all that, that that's the best chance them to go see, and you just cost them one. So don't, yeah, and, I'm with you. Don't and, give me and that. And not yeah, not even the, just the price per head. I mean, let's mm-hmm. say your average NFL tickets seventy five dollars, a hundred dollars in Chicago for a father or a mother or parents to take their family to a game. It's going to cost you. I mean, close to $700 a G to take a family of four there Jeez. and get food and get a jersey and do this and do that. It, it just it, – like, don't, don't blow smoke at me and say it's an opportunity for more fans to come consume the game because the game is being consumed on the couch by the vast majority of the fans. So, I love that. I, I don't know. I, me too. And I just think that – I think that, again, just to get back to the core of my point here, I, I'm on board for an extra – two playoff teams, uh, keep your extra regular season game. Because at that point in the season, uh, we kind of know our cast of characters. You get the same sort of drama in week 17 that you're going to get in mm-hmm. week 16 other years. It's just, um, yeah, it, it seems a bit too greedy for me. And I think that when you see in week 17 a influx of injuries, perhaps, mm-hmm. then you, you might have the case study uh, in in retort to the to this rule change, but you know it wasn't the topic that we we're getting at here. The topic no, but- was that that playoff um, that playoff reconstruction, and I think the fact that they're putting it into effect this year, um, I, I don't know what that signals that you know they're expediting this process and getting it outside of the normal CBA that's going through in 2021. Um, but um, I think that. I don't know what that indicates, but more football, more better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to complain come you know week 17, whenever that is, um, when there's one extra football game on. You know, I'm sorry, not week 17, but on Wild Card Weekend when I get to see an extra football game, I'm not going to be too upset about it. Yeah. 
Uh, um, there's some more uh, NFL news, per oh. usual. NFL draft is not moving. They're remaining in their slot on April 23rd. This comes in response to a number of general managers um, reaching out to league offices and to Commissioner Goodell saying that, you know, we can't do our due diligence on this guy, on these guys because of coronavirus. So, you know, we can't travel. We can't get our hands on guys who might have injury issues. We can't assess players how we want to assess them. Uh, we can't get them in our building. We can't go to their building. This is a lot of guess and check. Commissioner Goodell says, show goes on. It's important that we do this, um, you know, for the American people, that this remains in its slot. Um, it will not take place likely in Vegas. There is going to be no on-site events. Uh, prospects will not be invited to any sort of celebration. Everyone's going to be at home. It's all going to be remote. It's going to be more mm-hmm. of a TV product. Uh, what it's going to look like, I don't know. It's going to be a Zoom meeting. It might be a Zoom meeting. Um, you're going to have a lot more cameras in people's homes. But at the same time, I think we're going to have a lot of like, why are there 400 people in that kid's living rooms questions? Like we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't get together in Las Vegas. But at the same time, like uh, Tua Tagovailoa is on the big island with 700 of his cousins. Like what, what's going on here? Um, so I think that like everything else, it's going to raise its questions. But um, Matt, your opinion on whether or not the draft should have been moved. Well, first off, I think what I'm most bummed about, or the first thing that stuck out with me, is we're the not going to we're not, not going to get to see the boat. One, we're not going to get that boat. It was that was it was going to be in the Venetian, right? And that was uh, no in the water at the Bellagio. Okay, that's right. Sorry, I knew there was water, obviously, because it's a boat. Um, we're not going to get to do our our winners and losers fashion wise from the NFL draft, and that's always one of my favorite segments of the year when you basically take 15 minutes to talk about NFL draft fashion. I'm going to miss that. This is a loss for the Moose and Moose podcast. I it didn't, is. I didn't look at it there. Um, yeah. Maybe, just maybe, you know, maybe some, some will dress up. You know, they still want to have the, their fit. Yeah, their fit. That's well, what the kids are might, calling these days. I, you know, I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take a shot at a kid for being comfortable in his home. There's not going to be any worse dress. But hopefully, we do get a couple best dress. Well, because, you know, maybe there is a worse dress. We'll see. Let's let's never say that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, in, yeah, in terms of the actual draft, uh, I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. I mean, it, quite honestly, I, I know they. A lot of the owners, general managers, whatever, can't go through their normal processes, but there's still ways to communicate with these kids. There's still ways to talk, you know, talk with them. Obviously, the whole medical issue, uh, medicals issues, whatever, you can't get them in your building and run physicals on them. But they do have, you know, semi-recent, uh, I, I would assume, physicals on file, and you can talk to, you know, colleges, whatever, about you know health issues. It, it just requires more due diligence, and I think what you're going to see is every every year. We see the more prepared teams do better in the draft. There's usually teams that draft better than others because they put more into it. They prepare better. They, they know all these players like the back of their hand better than other franchises. And I think you're just going to see that a little bit more uh, spotlighted this year. I think you're going to see the better teams at drafting shine because so they're going to be able to... It bode well for the Bears. <laughs> no, it, bo- it bodes well for the Bears in like the fourth and fifth round, but yeah. let's not get our hopes up on the second round. Yeah. Um, for me, I have no issue with it either, Matt, but it does tell you what matters to whom. Like, mm-hmm. what what's at the top of the list for the commissioner? What's at the top of the list for general managers? And what's at the top of the list for owners? And I think if you put those lists on a Venn diagram, the owners and the commissioner's lists more closely reflect that oh, than the yeah. owners and the general manager's list. But the owners and the general managers are working in the same organization. Mm-hmm. So here's where the disconnect is. Um, if 
if we really wanted to move the NFL draft, the general manager goes to the owner and says, hey, get your billionaire buddies to tell Goodell to move this thing. Because if it was the owners asking for the draft to be moved, moved. they'd move the thing to July if they told them to. He answers to the owners. He does not answer to general managers across the league. That's why I'm sure there was a... I'm sure that there was a collective laugh amongst the league offices when this came from whatever group of, of general yes. managers it yeah. did. Um, and then, you know, the tone deaf, heavy handed response of the NFL of, hey, we're not moving the thing. And if you go to the media and talk about our decision, there could be further penalties levied. Like, what are you doing? That part they, was, they, they I, I forgot the, about they that. Released the team, <laughs> they released the team memo, essentially like, Paulie Walnutsing, the NFL general managers tell them to shut their mouths or they're in big trouble. Like, like have a little bit of deft touch in these situations. You don't have to move the thing, but maybe don't threaten general managers by taking away picks or levying fines. Like, I, I just certain moments it's like who's running the pr out there what what i mean honestly i just think it's roger goodell i think he just runs everything um what is the owner's motivation to not want to bump it back a month i I, I, they're not making money off this and i don't think moving the the draft back a month since we're not going to have rookie mini camps otas are going to be you know kind of up in the air at this point you don't really know when when if those when those will be able to happen, um, I think you're still looking at kind of mini camp and training camp is the first time you get get going to get all yeah, these guys in I a mean, room. So for them, everyone's they're everyone's not making money. On, what's, everyone's beholden to someone's interest. It doesn't have to be. Well, money. that's what I'm guessing um, is what is their interest at, unless they're unless Goodell really doesn't want to move this and they're doing Goodell a solid by not saying anything about it. I don't really get what's the the difference between you. You've already canceled you the event. I mean, event. like, what's why not on instead of April twentieth, do it May fifteenth. You don't know what owner has interests with networks. What owner has interests with this? What owner has interests with that? I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of big business and backroom dealings that went into the decision for the owners to say, you know, they were aware of this. They're aware of everything. They have mm-hmm. people on all of this um, for the owners to say show goes on. I think at the root of it, it's pure in the sense that they don't want to start. They're the only league that hasn't had to push anything. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, they've had to cancel some workouts and they've had to cancel this and that, but they got the combine in as scheduled and the next big event is the draft. So it, the league run events have not moved. I mean, the, the draft's going to be altered, like we said, but it's indicative that we're the NFL. We run on our schedule. We own a day of the week. And everything is fine. Yeah. And I think that there is some good in that. I'm not saying that all in a negative. There is some good in normalcy right now. I'm okay and, with that, actually. And and so am I. So for this to go on, whether there's you know motives behind it or not, I, I'm fine with it. Like you said, be a good GM. Do your job. Draft Bama, draft Buckeye, and you'll be fine. Like If you've done your really research, you've done your due diligence on these players, which you should have by now. And if um, anything, if anything, as a general manager, it's a get out of jail free card four years from now when you're cutting your draft pick. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get my hands on the kid. Yeah. What, do you, what do you want from me? I need four more years and more money. <laughs> I respect that. Ryan Pace, listen up. No, anybody but. <laughs> but um, no real Bears news now that you bring it up. No, uh, I don't think we have much going on there. Um, full signed his contract, officially a Bear. I saw that. Bear for life. Uh, or yep. at least the next three years. Love it. <laughs> that might be life in 
terms of big fools. Oh, okay. um, but uh, what, you want to jump in a little mailbag here? I think so. Uh, let's open it up here. Let me let me pull up my notes here because I, I, I actually I wrote these down before we started the podcast because mm-hmm. I said if I don't I would forget them and I've already forgot them. So oh, we're obviously a golf pod. Uh, Ooh, golf. U.S. U.S. Open U.S. Open is being moved from its scheduled date. Um, in Westchester County here at uh, Wingfoot Country Club, uh, just about 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. So I was very excited you're gonna to get out there. You're going to find an excuse to, yeah, you're going you're to get a pass yeah, and get out there? We're going to get press passed up, but uh, whenever it occurs, we will be there. Uh, I think you can get a, being moved from its state. And get an extra press pass? Uh, you're going to have to bring some value here, Matt. Uh, I, work, I, I am co-host of the best golf pod in the city of Chicago. Ah, well, I could run that by the good people at CBS. It's much yeah. easier for me to just like, apply for press passes on my own when I was working at just a, a, a local shop where they were just like, yeah, go just do whatever you want. Um, now now I have you, to go you know, through go to CBS. Proper channels and I'll probably have to like do something at that's the, the event. That's the worst. I hate having <laughs> you know? to do stuff. Yeah, I hate right. it. Uh, we also forgot uh, the the some breaking-ish golf news that, that came out. Was it yesterday, a couple days ago, basically through Phil Mickelson's Twitter? Mm. Um, somebody challenged Phil to recreate the one-on-one tiger match and just said essentially, Hey, bring one camera, the three of you guys out there that, that's social distancing. That's fine. Let's do it. And Phil pretty much said, this is happening. Working on it. We're working yeah. on it. He said he doesn't lie. And I trust Phil. Um, and then what was it a day or two later? It was leaking. They could be playing with some partners, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. those partners, none other than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I mean, I'd believe it and it'd make a lot more sense if Tom Brady didn't have like a brand new offense to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think the optics there are good. And I think Tom understands that. So I think they're going to have a real tough time getting Brady. Um, It may be a Tony Romo. That was the name that maybe. But here's the thing is that I don't know how, how good of a golfer is Peyton Manning. I mean, he's I not he's Tony Romo. Golfer, but uh, I if, mean, if, he, if he's not Tony Romo, does that make it fair? Do you need to find kind I mean, of it's, comparable? It's, it's golf. You can they'll find a way to handicap it. Um, fair. but to, to handicap it and have it be understandable for Joe Public uh, is another conversation. My thing here is that you know with with the bring one camera idea if you're saying bring one camera you don't understand television yeah. production you're gonna need 50 plus people to put on even a two-man event it, like from a production truck uh to directors to producers to associate producers mm-hmm. to actual cameramen on each hole even if it's even if you're having one camera crew run each hole and you're not letting anyone get out in front like like mm-hmm. if you're gonna do a television production and you have let's say a camera on the tee box that's got to be run by somebody or remotely from the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're having a fairway camera to pick up the ball. You're having someone green side. You're having the camera to walk with the group, how they did last time. That's what I've now named four individuals yeah. on that hole. And then you're going to want four more people on the second hole. So the first hole crew can get to the third hole while they're playing the second. So like you're going to need no less than 35 people, prudently speaking mm-hmm. from a production standpoint, then you got to figure in caddies. That's two, more people carry your own bag. This. if we're playing a two on two this that's four people or let them, let them uh, ride carts you're gonna need the reporter that's ro- you're gonna need you know well i, I think like, you'll need you're a lot of slugger these, out there you're, you're gonna, gonna need, need like, a lot of these parts but there is a way I, I'm, I'm not there's a way to do i've it. never I presented i presented it on that. twitter earlier in the week like oh. I, I want this to happen okay, i said cool. 10 players at moose I said, on air on twitter everybody check it there out. it is i said give me 10 players 
give me their caddies, give me a 40 person, I think I might have said 50 person, 50 okay. person production crew, give me Slugger White, and you know, test them all, send them to the Bahamas and play for a week and entertain us all. It's an opportunity for the PGA to, you know, charge pay per view and, and be at the center of things. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know what the reality there is. I think Tiger and Phil is much more of a realistic idea. Yes, uh, especially and just with the image of it, I, I think having just the two of them go versus having ten people, they'd face a lot more backlash. Even if they went through all the proper channels to have everybody tested, maintain social distancing as best they can with, with with ten and the amount of people you'd be sending out there, I think doing the just the two would be better. If you open it up to four with playing partners, would be better for the optics of the situation. Mm-hmm. That said. This needs to happen. I'm 110% all in on it. I don't care where it would be. But I'm going to ask you, one, if Tom Brady can't go, or if, if it's Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are scratched, who would you like mm-hmm. to see be the, the two playing partners there? And one, what, what course would you like to see this at? Me and you. I agree. I think we'd be great playing. Me, you, the Tiger, lefties, lefties Phil, the Medina. Perfect. Love that. In. Love that. Let's, yeah. let's, call, let's, let's book it. Um, and we get all of the million dollar winner gets all of the million dollars. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah. Well, why don't we just like split the pot? No, please. What's the What's the fun in the? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take five hundred. Come right? on, tax free, tax exempt. Make I sure would, Phil can get it to us tax free. <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's got um, a guy. Yeah, no, we'll figure it out. It's all It's all just details. It's all just good accounting. Um, but, uh, no, I think, you know, if two people that I wanted to see golf, obviously I don't want to see anyone duff it around. I want mm-hmm. to see people that we know have like that are capable golfers. And I don't know why the first person that came to mind was Justin Timberlake, but mm-hmm. like from star power, I think that tiger JT Phil and who's a good golfer with star power. I'm trying to think like who's always out at Tahoe. Um, Anyone but Aaron Rodgers? Anybody uh, but Aaron uh, Rodgers. I would – I'd be fine with that. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. But okay. then, you know you, – but I want to have like one non-athlete and one athlete. a golfer. And yeah, so I don't, want, I don't want two athletes. What's a name that comes to mind for you? Steph Curry. Um, I would love to. I mean, that'd be, I, th- Steph Curry, Larry Fitzgerald, Tiger, Phil. That'd be kind of cool. I would like to, but I'm with, I'm with you. I would like to see one non-athlete in there, um, and, and the one that always pops into mind. Like you said it was was Justin Timberlake because he's been on those you know open qualifiers and stuff, and it, it's it's known that he is pretty what's much in case he's a scratch golfer. I would love to see. From, what's the guy's name from All My Children that always seems to be in the final group pairing at Tahoe? Uh, <laughs> he's like won a bunch of them, the soap opera star. That I'd, guy. Give I me don't. That guy. I never saw All My Children. I don't think it was even All My Children. He was like a soap opera star or something. Okay. And he's like, he's like a plus one. Um, How about but, Michael? Uh, let's get Michael Jordan in there. Michael Jordan. If you Steph could Curry. get MJ, are you kidding? No, because then because then it it feels unfair in terms of age. You need someone like Why? kind of age comparable. Ha- yeah. Mike, I'm, I'm looking sure at it right Steph now. can hit it further than sure. Mike. That's fine. Doesn't mean Steph's as good around the green. Mike's Mike's a 1.2 handicap, and you think that competitive drive when he sees Steph put it 280 isn't going to fire up an MJ, and he's going to want to put it right out there. Maybe not quite 280, but be right there 270, 275 for 18. Mike's got it. He can dig dig deep. You know who you wouldn't have to. Plus, ask you can twice. put it. At, you can put it at Jordan's course and uh, uh, what's go. it called? And for Jupiter. talking about. We're talking about people's courses. Um, I'm sure you know. There's nothing else on the docket right now for for President uh, Trump. He, okay. he'd love he'd love to throw his name in this hat. Should, should we go? Should we I'll go? Be out there. It's going to be the most fantastic, one lovely on, one on one, one on one. Donald versus Barry. 
Obama um, versus Trump, 44 versus 45. That'd be interesting because I don't think, I think Trump claims to be better. I think Trump claims to be pretty good. Like he claims to be like a four, yeah. but anything like 15 feet and in is good. good yeah, that's in his a book. For him. So I don't know what he actually is. And I don't think, you know, Could Barry, you has never, Barry O has never struck me as being very athletic. You see the jump shot, the golf swing, like very, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know his golf skills, but I would just have to imagine. There's a, like you said, it's golf. I mean, I don't think either of them would want to play with handicaps um, in that situation. But I just I feel like that. I, I've seen the swing. I mean, it's no better. It's no better or worse than, than Donald Trump's. That's not a very good golf swing. I, yeah. Can you imagine? the Twitter interaction going back and forth between those two and not between those two, between like conservatives and liberals on yeah. Twitter for those four have, hours. I think, have a whole would, other, I think Twitter would break. I really you'd do. Have a, you'd have a whole other issue on your hands there. That's but, a, uh, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan. Those are my, even if, I, it, even if it's it. just Tiger Phil part two, uh, give me Which, it. My, but, it okay, but well from, from an actual, like let's operate in reality here. We are talking about Tiger Woods who has, who just missed the last month mm-hmm. and a half of golf with a back issue. So I don't know if this is the, I don't know if this is the return to golf I want to see for Tiger right now. No, but I'd be okay with it because he's not going to be playing competitive golf for a, a little while still. And it's not like, I don't know. It's not that. And we haven't heard anything from Tiger about this yet. It's just been Phil's. Yeah, but I don't think Phil would be, unless this is like a way that Phil's trying to pressure Tiger, which I don't think he'd do because him and Tiger are pretty good friends. Um, I don't think Phil would be talking this up like he has if it wasn't for, if it wasn't Phil does have those crazy eyes, you know, he does have those crazy eyes. He's got that crazy look in his eyes. (laughs) Now, there's one course I I did, uh, I'm sorry, one, uh, another thing I asked you, course, what course would you like to see this play at? Hey, you can pick. I'm not. Have to be a, I, I would hope it's not a tour course because we've seen all the tour courses. Unless you just yeah, wanted it to be at Augusta, I wouldn't say the wrong. first one that came to my mind. Not Augusta because I think the sanctity of the Masters needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to you know you know Bobby Jones and all that. Um, and all but, that. Uh, and all that. But I feel like Sawgrass would be fun because we love the course. Mm-hmm. It's in tour shape right now. I mean, they played what. Practice rounds and one day of actual golf on it. So mm-hmm. I think Sawgrass would be a cool opportunity to just pick back up there. Okay, I always do love the theater of the Seventeenth Green. Winner gets the Players Championship like Trophy. We were robbed of it. Yeah, winner gets the Players Championship. Why not? Million dollars. Play. Mooners gets the purse and the trophy, and because it, mm-hmm. it was going to be the biggest purse. Um, but then you you know you have other players saying, "What the hell? I need that purse too." Um, or I want that purse. I don't know what, what, what constitutes need. Um, some guys on tour, I'm sure, could use it. But um, I digress. Uh, but course that I'd like to see at non-tournament, Indian Boundary. How about Indian Boundary? <laughs> Have them play Indian Boundary with nothing bigger than a five iron. Uh, no, nothing bigger than like an eight iron. I'm sure those guys could go low. I was gonna. I was gonna boundary. say. The, I was gonna say the den. White pines. Uh, Wybring. <laughs> Oh God! Re- realistically, I think I would have to vote for uh, Cypress Point out in Pebble Beach. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that I'd, I'd like to see these guys play one of those like one of these top private courses that don't yeah. get tournament run because we, we've seen all those. Not there's anything wrong with those courses. We've seen them all before. I would love to see these guys playing a course that you know hasn't been played before on tour. That's super private, and if you're giving these country clubs enough money. 
I'm sure they'd be totally fine with it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer you <laughs> okay. Tobacco Road, the golf course, Tobacco Road. Okay. And it's only because it's fresh on my mind. I'm about to plug some other media here. Okay. Uh, no laying No up. free ads. For all, no for all ads. of our golf heads out there, no laying up. They're, you know, they're great dudes. They are salt of the earth. They go around playing different courses. Um, they do like a golf trip and they're sponsored by Callaway and Penguin and this and that. So they do it big and um, they really give you looks at these courses that maybe you don't get to see. Mm-hmm. They'll go to a region like they just finished the South Carolina region or the Carolinas this season was. They played New Zealand courses. They've done an Ireland trip. They've done a Scotland trip. They've done a Florida swing, a Are California job up and down the court. I know it's like it's honestly a dream, and it's just like an awesome group of five buddies that do this. Um, do they need a podcast? It's no laying. Up. They have a podcast. Um, yeah, it's they a need no a second up podcast. podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, sign us up. But yeah. um, they do an awesome job. If you love golf content. For my money, it's the best golf content on the internet right now. It's no laying up. And the season five tourist sauce finale was last night. It was on Tobacco Road and just looked like the most gorgeous course. It'd be really mm-hmm. cool to see, you know, a couple of pros out there. It's intimate. It's smaller. It's not a long course. I'm sure they could tip it out to make it um, a little bit more challenging. I'm sure you'd see a lot of, you know, two irons off the tees mm-hmm. by both of these guys. But um, be a cool one. There you go. Those are our answers. And we're sticking to them. Or Lost Dunes. Uh, Just do it at Lost Dunes. That way Lost Dunes. There we go. There's the easy Done. answer, yeah. Can you imagine um, that, that shot on number 12 when you're overlooking like the entire course? That'd be a beautiful shot for TV. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Let's get it done. Uh, was 12 the, was 12 the par 12, 12, it's like 12 is like the short par 4. What's well, the par 5 that I made the 200-foot putt? Oh, that was number 4. Number yeah. 4, yeah. I yeah, literally, I, I, I think I remember being like, why are you even lining that up? Just knock it close and make birdie. And then you Somehow, you, you, there's a little luck involved. A little luck it's like involved. a four-tier uphill, 120-foot oh, putt. There's there's only a few people who know what I'm ta- you know know what we're talking about here that have played <laughs> Lost Dunes. But that green man, if you're not in the right spot and that pin is up yeah, top or trouble. down low and you're on the wrong tier, you it's you can line it up all you want, but for the most part, it's hidden and pray. And you uh, did, thing, and it worked. Things are uh, prayer answered. Things are getting a little personal here. They're getting a little niche. Uh, we want to keep the people met. We got another. Uh, we got another mailbag. We do have a mailbag. Uh, Michael Jordan, which we, we you disagreed with, I kind of did too. Um, was voted the greatest college basketball player of all time. Uh, I think it was mm-hmm. an ESPN poll, or I don't know exactly how they did it, but I saw it going viral yesterday. So that's cool. Um, but I want to ask you not who do you think is the greatest of all time, but what is the greatest? I, I don't, maybe season performance, college basketball. Uh, let's call it performance. Um, of your lifetime that you've seen? Because obviously the, the guys that are getting mentioned as the best of all time, we haven't really seen play. I mean, it's only, yeah, I, I think consensus is kind of Bill Walton. A lot of people agree. Lou Elston, the greatest. I believe a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people up there. Um, Leitner, I mean, individual performances, the, the shot was just, uh, the anniversary mm-hmm. of it was just the other day. I, I completely forgot he was 10 of 10 from the field in that game and 10 of 10 from the free throw line. He did not miss in that game that he won the game winner. So that's not singular, perf- singular performance. That's probably the best one. Um, but to me, super personally speaking, I've only ever bought one college jersey and it was D Brown. And just that, m- that moment in time, um, the allure of that Illinois team with Luther Head, Augustine, just Darren Williams, like D Brown, like that team is so much fun. 
And I think that was the college basketball team that ever meant the most to me. So I'd say D Brown, like from a super personal, I know it wasn't the greatest career. I know it wasn't the greatest moment. That but season like, though. That, that it doesn't season, have to be a great career. The look, the cornrows, the mm-hmm. orange of the jersey almost felt different that year. Like the, the comeback against Arizona, like mm-hmm. everything in that moment to me as a young basketball fan will I think that's the memory that sticks in my head of like college basketball. First and I believe only college basketball jersey I ever owned was a Vince Carter jersey when I was like four or five years old. So that's when I fell in love with North Carolina. Very um, nice. And so that that season went kind of bo- went the other way for me. Thankfully, uh, I came out on top with the Carolina championship. But my I, the, the one performance that always sticks out to me or season, whatever you want to call it, um, Kemba Walker starting in the Big East tournament of 2011, essentially through the national championship, was just a completely different player. And yeah. the, the, the multiple buzzer beaters, the, the the stage of Madison Square Garden, and I know it's not, it's still technically going on, but it's not the Big East, the same Big East tournament used, used to be. Uh, honestly, it was my favorite tournament kind of spectacle in sports for the year was the Big East tournament. I loved it almost as much, if not more, than the NCAA tournament for that you know limited amount of time. What he did on arguably the biggest stage in college basketball for is is consecutive pretty much the entire month of March and April. Um, that for me is always going to be the college again, not necessarily the greatest career uh, in total, not necessarily mm-hmm. even the greatest season, but the greatest performance from just playoff. You know, turning it on. Uh, Kemba Walker will always stand out. The the that was like. If you go back and watch that, the step back that he pulls on, I forget who it was, uh, who switched. I know they were playing Pitt, but they switched. He had a big man on him. It was the. That was, was one the, of the good, really good Pitt teams. It was like Sam Young, like Duan Blair, like those, like the, the Pitt teams that were really good, if I remember right. But it was it was the Harden step back before yeah. the Harden step back. Like it and he was didn't travel. Beta version, non travel, Harden step back by Kemba. That was. You know, an indelible moment in college hoops history, no doubt. That's a, he, that's a good one, too. He, like he, he had 24 points in that one and then followed it up with a 33-point effort in the semifinal against Syracuse. Super casual. Yeah, he very, very good player, that Kimball Walker. But, yeah, the, the, and I wasn't even a UConn fan. I was kind of rooting against him most of the time. Uh, but it was just incredibly fun to watch. So that's what I had for that. Um, next mailbag, you ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I want to ask you, which athlete were you – uh, sorry, sorry. This comes from Parker Carroll, but I'm the one asking it. Um, which athlete do you wish you were alive to see? So, just anyone mm-hmm. athlete that it, we were not alive from the '80s, early '90s, whatever, in their prime, or even if you want to go early childhood that you don't really remember seeing. Which athlete do you wish you got to kind of see live do their thing in their prime? Can I give you a Chicago and a non-Chicago? Of course. Sweetness, obviously. Yes. Walter Payton. I would oh, you know, honestly, yeah. I, you just said that. Now he prefaced this by saying excluding not, Walter Payton not because Payton. Okay. I think that's the obvious answer for both. Okay, of us. well then that opens up for my second one. Yeah, I think just to be in one of those galleries watching Arnold Palmer, mm-hmm. like not only win these tournaments but expand a sport. Like it probably, it, I imagine it felt like you know because it was an athlete like you'd never seen before in terms of he was the first one to do any sort of promotion and he was bigger than the sport. He was kind of the first athlete that dipped his toes into pop culture. I'm sure that would have felt like a moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I would have, I would have loved to have seen, you know, and then tail end of his career, some of those Arnie Jack duels like that would have, that would have really been cool. Well, we're, 
we have great minds, Joe, and those often think alike because that was one of the two answers I came up with. And now that you mm-hmm. said Arnie, I'm going to go with my other one. Um, it's Bo Jackson. Um, I, yes. Because not, not only very, just for the football, very good. but because of his baseball stint as well. So you got to see him in two sports. And I know like he was a very good baseball player. Obviously, after the injury, wasn't quite the same. Wasn't, you know, in, not a Hall of Fame baseball player, but the moments, the things that he was able to pull off just because of his athleticism. I believe this question got uh, sparked by a tweet that Parker saw the other night and kind of went uh, semi-viral from, from cut four. It was, he was playing right field. I want to say it was in either, he was in Yankee Stadium somewhere, but he caught a, a deep fly ball like just in front of the warning track. Doesn't even crow hop, just takes a step and fires a one hopping laser to third to get somebody tagging out yeah. or ta- tagging up from second. Like the amazing things he was able to do just strictly because of his athleticism before the injury in football and then after the injury still in baseball. That that for me just the viral moments that would have happened if, if Twitter was still was around back then from Bo would have been unbelievable. Similar question, different angle. Who's okay. a uh, who's a um hold on. We're seeing a tweet right now. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Not April's Fool reportedly coming in May. Okay, let's do it. CNBC's reporting. I'm not worried about Tom learning the playbook. I'm more worried about the Bucks learning Tom's playbook. Well, we got to wait till May. Do it this weekend. Um, well, we got you know, let's you know test some people out. Let's get some tests done. Let's get you know everybody. Make yeah, sure yeah. everybody's safe. My question was going to be: Who's a player from another era you'd love to see playing in this era of any sport? Ooh. That's a great question. I'll give you a second to think about it. I really would just love to see the big unit throw more. Like Randy Ooh, Johnson against one. today's hitters mm-hmm. would be awesome. Because I think he'd be equally, as, if not more dominant. I, I think I would love to see like some of the like old school football players. Like You hear how good Dick Buckus was. You hear how good Mike Singletary was. Their athleticism would probably struggle in today's NFL. But I'd still like to see like how those guys would compare – in today's yeah. league, I mean, I mean, again, I don't think it would go all that well, be, just because the training is a lot different now. They're, the athletes now are obviously a lot better than they used to be. But I would love to see kind of how those games translate. And then, obviously, I think the easy answer for everybody would also be Michael Jordan, because people say like, yeah. "Well, it was a different just game to- back then. It was more physical, this and that." Well, I would love to see Michael Jordan today, and also maybe like LeBron back then, and kind of be able to compare and contrast how they actually did in those eras. If that yeah, I think sense. that I think just to dispel some of those, um, yeah, just those just conversations. And the debate, dispel yeah. the you know, dispel the debates, all that stuff. So I, I, yes. I think those are some two answers. But else? Randy Johnson tossing today. I mean, we, we I see Chris see Sale. I'd love to see. I would love to see Randy Johnson throw more in his prime. Arizona think, Diamondbacks and Randy Johnson. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the measurables offhand, but I think if you stood Randy Johnson next to Chris Sale, Chris Sale would look like a child. Oh yeah, he'd still be like five inches. Like Randy Johnson was yeah. like legit six ten, six eleven. Was he really? Let me let's well let's Google this. Randy is great podcast radio. Six seven, I thought. Height. I spelled height wrong. He's six ten according to Google, and Google does six, not lie. Ten. Imagine six ten standing on a mound. He must have felt like he was on top of pitch like, hitters. You were a righty, so you never really faced this all that often. But like as a lefty hitter, and obviously I never faced anything close to one eighth, eighteenth of how good Randy yeah. Johnson was. But I remember facing hard throwing lefties who you know had a good you know had good curveball, whatever. Like how am I going to hit this guy? Like as a lefty hitter, yeah. how do you expect to hit this guy? I'm just not. I him. just don't get. It. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess a lot of them didn't. That's a good point. Uh, but it's six ten. Wow. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, you got anything else? I do. We got a couple more here. Okay. Um, apparently, I, I definitely didn't watch this. wasn't me. Uh, certainly wasn't me that saw this, I promise, on an episode of Very Cavallari. Um, Jay Cutler. I watched the entire season. So okay, okay, it was me. I saw it, okay? Jay and Kristen <laughs> were talking about a, uh, a, an interview, a sit-down that, that Jay did with some networks um, about analyst work, uh, in-game analyst or desk, you know, whatever work. We've talked about it before, but it kind of that was years ago, and right, it was kind of right when he retired. I think even before the first retirement. Um, what are your thoughts on Jay as an analyst? You, you like you like the idea of Jay in the booth. You like the idea of Jay on the desk. Um, well, he said that he has no interest he in said, doing the desk. Look at you correcting the, me. I love that. Wait, he but, wants okay, the, I know that, but I opened it up a little bit. But, okay. And I only say that because I think that's where he'd be good. I don't think he'd be any good in the booth. I think that. His personality lends to giving his opinion every four minutes, every three minutes, taking his time and doing it. Like, I don't think Jay Cutler, boom, 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 in the booth would be all that entertaining. Um, like, Tony Romo always sounds like he's on the verge of, like, hugging Nance. Yeah. Like, he's always, you know, you, it always seems like Tony Romo is grabbing Jim Nance by the arm, like, excited. And I just don't think that's, no, no discredit to Jay, I just don't think that's his personality. He might be a little too laid back for color. That's his, you know, I, I didn't really think about that because I've always thought that he is pretty smart. And I, I think for the oh, most he, part, he anybody, no doubt that, break it down there, there's any fantastic. NFL, pretty much anybody that's played quarterback in the NFL can that quickly tell you what just happened on the field and be able to break it yeah. down. But that, that's a good point. The, I mean, he's, he's opened up his personality a little bit more. It seems like since he's been retired and since we've kind of seen him on this show a little bit more, I don't know how much of that's acting or whatever, but he has become a little bit more open than he used to be a little bit more fun. It seems, but that said, yeah, I, I think his sense of humor, his, like, I guess his personality would be better in a studio set with four other guys than being, basically the guy in a two-man booth with a play-by-play guy who's going to set you up and not really provide much more. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I, I don't have much beyond that other than, like, give me Jay. Yeah, we're a Jay Cutler. and we're, everywhere. We're a football podcast. We're a golf podcast. But after that, I think we're, we're pretty close there to Jay we're Cutler Jay podcast. Cutler we podcast. love Jay Cutler here. Come, come back, Jay. Be our quarterback one more time. <laughs> um, uh, okay. This comes from uh, – Last week's or last month, the month of March is reigning uh, podcast listener of the month award. Tim Rooney, um, give me three sport three months throughout the year. Doesn't have to be consecutively, but these are the only three months you are allowed to attend live sports events or uh, like live sports slash events. So like concerts, all that type of stuff. You get three months out of the year, not consecutively. Which ones you picking and why? It's tough because. It is tough, but One, that's why I think we that would make me very unhireable in the future because I got to okay. Be able to from, a, from a fan and, standpoint, and Joseph, to, my my point was it was it's tough because a lot of these championships just cross the month, like mm-hmm. the Super Bowl being in February, uh, NCAA final Final Four being in April. You know, you want to be there in March, but championships in April. See, I feel like um, February would be out for me because I'm never going to go to the Super Bowl. I just it's not going to happen. And that's okay. I think you got to pick. A, I think you got to pick a summer month. I think July baseball. You can't take July baseball away from me. Um, so I'd probably say no, no, no. Let's call it June because then you could get NBA finals. Yep, I was going to say June Cup as well. Finals and summer baseball. So mm-hmm. June, you got to combine some months. Plus, June's a good concert month too. Good outdoor give me concert. June. Give me 
October with a with three Bears home games in October mm-hmm. because you're not hitting the cold of winter just yeah. yet. Um, and give me. Can I just tell you what the third month is? Because we, we have the what same first two. The third month is April. Because if you ever want to go to the Masters, you're going to have to have April open. That's true. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's June. It's October. It's a, if you didn't pick June, you wanted to pick a different summer month, I wouldn't necessarily tell you wrong. If you said you wanted to do August because you wanted you know some baseball, some, some, uh, some college football opening weekend type stuff, that's fine too. But I think the, the answers are June for, like, for the reason you said, the overlapping sports. October because you're not getting the end of college football season, but you're getting some of those like meaty kind of mid-season, um, you know, matchups. You're getting a potential World Series if you're a Sox fan, um, and then April because the Masters has to be on the calendar every year. Plus, you get you know baseball early stuff, I guess, whatever playoff hockey, playoff basketball, but the Masters. No argument on any on any front there. You can try and tell us we're wrong, but we would tell you we're not. Um, let me see what do I got here. Uh, pull up the notes. Fashion question, Joe. And this oh, is, this is it. it for me. This is this is it for me. I think this is all I got unless you have more after this one. Fashion question. We're a golf pod. We talk golf fashion quite a bit. Mike has asked us about the mock turtlenecks before, um, which we've talked about. But now we're talking about what is your go-to warm weather golf outfit? We all we all have one that's kind of the, you know, this is this is it for me. This is the fit. This is what I'm wearing. I mean, it's, it's shorts and a dry fit polo. But yeah, wait, saying like specific. I need, I need your specific short. I need I need the color scheme. I need everything, Joe. The people want um, your fit. We're going with the gray Puma spikeless. Uh, I like that on the shoes. Uh, we're going with the Lululemon commission. Oh. Uh, let's go with the let's go with the khaki colored Lululemon short and. I think that it's. I'm phasing it out, but there's a Nike polo that's gotten more run than anything. It's a white Nike polo with like an orange stripe, a blue stripe, and a green stripe. It's always sad um, when you start to fade it, phase out the favorite polo. You got it. it at it, a certain it point, they happen. just get a little dingy, especially the white. Happen, yeah. um, I've been phasing in a beautiful uh, Pontevedra Beach Club and Inn. Uh, Travis Matthew, I believe it is, uh, polo that my mom got me. So that's 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 the new leader in the clubhouse. Okay, okay. I got yeah. my 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 go to shorts. I got I got a pair of gray Under Armour golf shorts. I don't know if you have any Under Armour golf shorts, but they fit perfectly. They're kind of the perfect length. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, I I can't decide on a shirt though. I really I'm, I'm having a tough time settling on a shirt. I think I'm gonna go with with my shirt. I got one of the shirts I got with the Masters. It's a okay. it's a master. It's the one I, I wore it in Tahoe last year. We have it. We had, took a very lovely picture together. I was wearing mm-hmm. it. So lovely green yes. ma- masters green. Got the stripes, little masters logo. Uh, I'll wear my Pinehurst hat because I, people got to know I went to Pinehurst. Um, Not that I'm a super Lulu guy, but I'm sure. wearing my Lulu hat right now too okay. because it's comfortable. It's a very it's a very light dry fit, and I don't I like, like playing that. with a big chunky hat on. So I got I, I've been big on the, the Travis Matthew like kind of the uh, I guess they're technically called trucker hats but they have like the they, they have like the, the, the kind of nice look back. in the front they got the vent the mesh back and I kind of like that it keeps you a little bit cool it it, it I, I like it's it's a little bit heavier than your you know running hat or I guess that's what you would call the little lemon hat like that, that yeah. dry fit material but it still kind of keeps things open um, and then for the shoes I'd ha- I don't wear them that often but they're they're the best shoes I own the the high top uh, Jordans, Air Jordans. They don't belong on the course. They do. I wore them. I shot. They don't uh, belong on the course. I birdied 18 at, at Torrey Pines in those, Joe. You should be embarrassed that you played Torrey Pines in Jordans. I but. disagree. 
don't belong on the course. I disagree. Well, this, right. is, this has ended on a positive note. This, this, this comes from a guy who's got a closet full of Jordans. They don't belong on the course. Okay. Uh, I, guess we, I guess we agree to disagree. I think they're, they were comfortable and they look nice. I, do, I will say, you, you, t- you mentioned your, the, the great Pumas you have. Puma yeah. golf shoes are fantastic. Not, not, no free ads here, people, but if you're looking for a new pair of golf shoes, I wouldn't look any farther than Puma. Those things are fantastic. Did you give me the promo code last summer? No, you gave me the promo code. I gave you the promo code. Did you just want to say that you gave me a promo code? I gave that promo code to so many people, I couldn't remember where I got it from. Um, you it was, it was like something, a, it was right after the U.S. Open, I want to say. It was, it was like, and it wasn't, it was like a off the tour truck. I got it like word of mouth straight off tour where it was like, 30% off everything or it's 50%, 50% off, off 50, everything. Yeah, I it's, got it's 50% off everything. Clubs, shoes. I got shirts. a new pair of shoes and I got a, one of those, the, the Gary Woodland, like uh volition, uh, like USA quarter zips, 50% yeah, off. It's fantastic. It's good stuff. So uh, you're yeah. welcome again. And next time I get one of those, it's coming to the full Moose and Runes listenership. Uh, even though it'll probably blow up the spot and get us some, um, get us in trouble, but yeah, it's, what worth you a, it's worth a shot. I mean, what, what do we got to lose at this point? Plus, uh, I it, got, uh, no, go ahead. What, what do I? I was saying, what do I have to lose at this point? You, you, you just give me the promo code, and then I'll spread it. You move it on, and yeah. then my hands are clean. Yeah, I'll fall. I'll fall on that that knife, that sword. Fantastic, because that's what we do for the Moose and Runes listeners. Uh, this has been episode one forty-eight. One quick question before we're out of, of here. The pod. There's always one. There's always, you, always it, one. Hey, if there's anything, I'm thorough on my questions. I ask you. Uh, I, I still haven't forgotten about the uh, the bet that I won throughout football season. And if this, the, 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 oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The golf ball bet. Yeah. The golf ball bet. And I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I win? Wins a win is a win. Wins a win is a win. Doesn't matter if I won by a half game Wins or 20 games. Win. I won. Wins a win is um, If the, I'm still holding out hope. We're not going to, but if by some slight chance the May golf trip does not happen, when do I do? When do I get my golf balls? Those we shipped to me. Are those, are we going to try to put them in the mail? Okay. We know you, we know you lose them at a, Oh, fervent very, rates. very quick rate. At a fervent rate. I've never denied um, that. I'm a I good golfer, even, people, you know, but I'm a little errant off the tee. I might even uh, might even surprise you. They might be waiting in a locker for you at Lost Dudes. Oh, you know, be, how about that? that? Well, they'd have to be, in, they'd they have might, to be in, in, in Tim Rooney's locker, but may, yeah, make sure there's I mean, a note on them that says they're that not says gonna, format. What, do you guys both play Pro V1Xs, or do you play – he, he, play, he just plays he the play, classic he plays, he plays the red number, so that's the classic Pro V1, right? Yeah. And you play an X, right? Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't touch an X if I no. He would, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> he plays. Uh, he, he sometimes will will venture to the Callaway. I forget what the nice Callaway golf ball is. He, but for the most part, he, he's straight Pro V one, red number. Usually TJR thirty four on the side. Um, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at new drivers right now. So Moose and Roots golf listeners, if you have any recommendations, uh, I I would recommend. I have a recommendation because I was also I'm looking a, at new drivers. I got one a couple. I've been years a tailor made guy for the last like decade, so I'm hit. probably just going to buy last year's M6. If you, if you're going to get a chance to hit them, I, I don't know uh-huh. if that's going to be a chance if you're going to get some demos. Hit a Cobra. The Cobra, Cobra? driver. It, it was one when I got one a new driver a couple years ago. Never would have thought of it. I was looking. Yeah. I believe it. You know, tailor made Titleist and one other. Um, but uh, the the guy at, at Ultimate Golf that uh, I've been going to for years that my dad knows pretty well um, suggested the Cobra, and I took that out to the range. By far my favorite driver that I hit. Uh, Mike me, was a also driver, a tailor made guy, and then he hit my Cobra a couple times. Took the driver's Cobra. Driver's got to match my ear. I don't want a painty, like a, a hollow-sounding driver. That's, see, that's I why I didn't like the TaylorMade. I love the matted noise of the TaylorMade. See, that's why I didn't like the TaylorMade, because it was so different. Like, that noise is very unique and different yeah. than what I'm used to. I was like, this is weird. This is freaking me out. I don't like it. 
Well, just, just, if you get a chance, swing a Cobra. You don't have to buy it. Just just add, just ask for one. Will, it's it's a great club. Sure it has my brother's endorsement. He's, like we say, a very good golfer. Well, I'm going to go swing whatever's in my bag right now. So for I'm not that, as cold here, and they closed all the golf courses. I say good night and goodbye to the Moose and Noons listeners. This episode 148 of the pod. You guys are our saving grace with those mailbag questions. So keep it rolling. Uh, for Matt, I am Joe. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Bye-bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>